First question in the Westminster Catechism is what? Does anybody know? What? Pretty close, right? What is the chief end of man? And of course, this was written a few days ago, so we were using, you know, male majority terms, right? Well, this we need to name that. What is the chief end of humankind? And what's the answer? To glorify God and enjoy God forever. How often do we think about that when we're thinking about faith? That faith is some, somehow about enjoying God. I was, I was reflecting on this as Katie was leading the children's message. Because I was just really enjoying just her exuberance and, and her love of sharing herself with us. And that made me enjoy God even more. And I also would love it if Mizzou would beat the Oklahoma Sooners, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> that's, we can go into that later. But enjoying God forever, I, I just, I find that fascinating. To glorify and to enjoy God is our chief end. I think for most of us, we don't, we don't necessarily think of faith that way. We think of faith as either this arduous journey or, or faith as this set and series of beliefs that we are supposed to sign off on. And if we don't sign off on them, then we're not in the fold. And if we're not in the fold, then somehow we're condemned. And so we'd rather just reject all of that. Or we've been taught that in when churches that we grew up in, that that's how it is. If you don't believe this, 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 and this, then you're not one of us and you're going to hell and that's it game over. In my house, there was a phrase that was repeated many, many times by my father, and it's one of those that I can repeat actually in church. This one is. Some of them that my father said were not necessarily repeatable in church, and it was, and I bet you can complete it, do as I say, not as I do. Right? Which is an acknowledgement that we often know better, but we don't often do better. <laughs> Especially as parents. I was thinking about this on Mother's Day and about thinking about parenting and, and how often we encourage our children to do things the right way and whatever, but we sometimes don't live up to that ourselves or we find ourselves in situations where we don't do what we think we probably would have our children do in that situation. Do as I say, not as I do. And that is not, however, what Jesus says to us. Jesus says, do as I do. And I think he would follow that up with, do as the Father is doing. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, and just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I said these things to you so that your joy, my joy, here we go, in joy, God, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. 
do as I do. I love you, and I have loved you, and so go and love one another. In this passage, he's specifically talking to the disciples that he has gathered. So we could extrapolate that and just say, well, that's really, he's really talking to believers, to other believers. But I think that's just the beginning. Yes, we need to learn and practice how we love one another within the community of faith starting with our own congregation that we call our church family, our church home, right? We need to learn how do we love one another because the love, love here in, in, in the Gospel of John, love, the word love and the word belief are not intellectual things or just feeling-oriented things. They are action words, We often hear in the Gospel of John, you know, believe in me, believe in me. And we think in our our modern area that belief is about the doctrine. It's about learning those catechetical things, those those things that we're supposed to know and and just signing off on them. But it, it really is believing is about a particular way of being in the world and living in the world. And so is love. Love is not just having a a warm heartfeltness to another person. It is about how we treat that person, how we care for that person, how we give ourselves to another. And that's got to start right here in our own congregation. It's, It's where we get to practice how to love one another. Because one, it's actually harder to love people that you're closer with. I've said this many, many times that if you're at work and a coworker does something that harms you in some way, if they do something three times that repairs that relationship that is good for you or that, or that shows, you know, rebuilds that trust, you're generally back to where you were before that trust was broken or that, that hurt was caused. But if someone in your own household does something, someone in your own family does something, it's five times. We're harder on those that we love the most because we have higher expectations of them. And so practicing how we love one another within the community of faith is hard, but it is where we learn what it means to love one another what it means to seek out the joy of another. And this is not like in in many places and churches how we were taught like, oh, well, just make a welcome mat of yourself. Let people walk all over you. That's how you love each other. No, that's not it at all. Love is, is sharp and it's hard sometimes because it holds people accountable to one another. And it also cares for the other with grace and with hope at all times and all places. As we move through this pandemic and as we see what our worlds are like as we come out of it, whatever that means, how how life will be different, one of the things that the elders and I are already talking about is how are we a community of faith after all of this? What does it mean to be 
a Christian community when we have been so disconnected and we've actually found some meaning while we've been disconnected. The fact that we have, you know, a third of the people who are worshiping actually in the room and the rest are out across the country and maybe around the world. What, is, how, what does that mean for loving one another? How do we do that now? What does that mean for us in terms of practicalities and all of that? Because this love is a gift, but it's also a command. And we have to know, too, that, that our love, that the love that we have and the love that we share is really like looking in the mirror. It's a poor reflection of God's love for us. Right? I mean, you know, I, I hope that, you know, when you look in a mirror, you're not actually seeing yourself as other people see you. Right? It's flipped. Now, they have mirrors that show you as other people would see you. And it's really disconcerting to look in that mirror because you're, we're so used when we look through the mirror to, see, to seeing ourselves, to seeing our faces the, other, the opposite way. I know this is messing with your mind right now, but just go online and, and Google mirrors and true mirrors and you'll see what I'm talking about. Our love is an imperfect reflection of God's love for us. So we will always be walking that path and striving in the love that Jesus has shown us, that Jesus' love is a pure reflection of God's love for us. And that love is shown how he says, he says that no one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. How many of us would even, will even have the opportunity to do something of that magnitude? Right? I mean, in many ways, I hope that you never do have to throw yourself in front of a bus, step in front of a bullet, you know, whatever that might mean, because that's, I think, what we're talking about. But we can metaphorically talk about laying down our lives for other people, which means that we set aside our ego, we set aside ourselves in order to open ourselves up to how we might love others and care for them, to understand, to begin to understand their viewpoints and their points of view and their hurts and their hopes in a way where we can love them right where they are, and we can also call them into a greater love. And as we practice that love within the congregation, we then build up the muscles and the strength of that love where we can look outside of our community and we can begin to love others. And this community has done that in many ways and shapes and forms already. It seems sort of silly and simple in some ways, right? Like we give some food here, you know, we buy some underwear there. But we're extending that love that we have for one another out into the community. We've also, in, in terms of our facility, you know, opened it up so that we can, we can bless the community. I mean, that is a giving of ourselves in a way that we don't have to do, but it is because it is, even though it's a poor reflection, it is a reflection of the love that Christ gives us, that we, we are putting ourselves at risk as a community in order to reach out to other people. And I believe that this is what is missing in our world today, that in some ways this pandemic has closed us off 
from one another in such a way. And we've really hunkered down in many, many ways and begun to think about just ourselves. Because we've had to. We've been forced to. And we've also been forced to reevaluate in many ways what is important. What is really important to us. And so as we move through this pandemic, the thing for the church is, is how do we as people of faith love our neighbor, love one another in such a way that does show other people how important this is and how life-changing this is for us that they might find meaning and purpose and hope and joy in it as well. Because I think today, more than ever, people are saying, I'm not doing anything that doesn't have meaning and purpose anymore. I was, doing, I was living that life beforehand. I was doing a lot of stuff because I thought I should do stuff, and I'm not doing that anymore. And so how do we as the church, which are who are called to spread God's love and to love one another. How do we live our lives? How do we verbalize that love? And I don't mean, I don't mean talk about it. I mean verbalize in terms of make it a verb in our life that shows people what it means to be people of faith. And I think we also have to understand that, that love and we talk about this sometimes, like, oh, I love my children all the same way, right? That's, that's sort of this highest good. Oh, oh, I love my children equally. Oh, hogwash. You can't. They are different human beings. You love them differently because they have different needs and different wants, and the ways that you love them need to come differently. If you love them all the same, you'd get them all the same gifts, Right? You would make them wear all the same clothes because you, you love them all equally. When one was sick and you needed to spend a bunch of time in the hospital with that one, you'd make sure that you were spending exactly the same amount of time with all the other kids. Impossible. The same is true in the church. Right? There are times when our love gets directed a little more towards certain members of the church because maybe they're sick or maybe they're having a celebration or maybe they're doing something like that. And we shouldn't feel bad about that. We still love one another fully and completely, but love sometimes has to be focused because of the needs, and sometimes it has to come in a different way. And sometimes love is challenging, and sometimes love is comforting. Sometimes love sets a boundary. Sometimes love invites someone past that boundary. And so why does Jesus say to love one another? Is it so we can become better people? Not really in the passage, for sure. This isn't a self-improvement project. This is so that we might abide in God and that we might engage and have joy. And I'm not talking about joy like happiness, like I think we think about happiness as happiness. I was thinking about joy, and as, as, as you know, as Mother's Day, I was thinking about joy is like, as someone said, it's this deep 
this creative, this enduring sort of gladness that's, that's in, with, and under things, almost like after the long, arduous journey of childbirth. There is, there is a joy that you hear talked about in that pain that comes after that long, arduous journey of love. And so today, I just wanted to reflect on loving one another. Because Jesus showed us what that is. He laid down his life for those that he called his friends, and he extended that to all people. And our call is as imperfect as we might reflect that love, to reflect that love starting right here with these brothers and sisters, these siblings in the faith, and out into the whole world because of the death and the resurrection of Christ, because of his life being given in love for us. Amen.